Lovers, and welcome to Q&A episode 38 of Unbroken. I'm Alexandra Amore, and today our question is, what if we weren't afraid of our cravings? And I've been mulling this over for a few days, and it's inspired this question and this Q&A episode. It are, is inspired by the famous um, Sydney Banks quote, if which is this, <laughs> if the only thing people learned was to not be afraid of their experience, that alone would change the world. Now, of course, um, I think there are, you know, this is a really deep quote and we could explore it for days and weeks. And of course, Sydney Banks isn't here to expand on what he meant by that and all the different um what would you say, areas or threads that might come from that quote, it's, it is really, really deep. And I think one of the nice things about it is that uh, it probably has different meaning for all of us and our own interpretation and some universality about it, which is what all great quotes, that's what they speak to us, uh, speak to in us, I think. So what I'm going to explore today is one example or possible interpretation of that quote. And I'm going to use a personal a story from my personal life. And then we're going to go into talking about cravings. So when I was a little kid, I my dad got me started riding horses when I was pretty young, I think four, something like that. And along the way, one of the things that I learned is that, you know, we were mostly learning to ride in a riding arena, so an enclosed arena, quite big, and so a very pretty controlled environment. You know, it's not like we were out in the wilderness or anything, but every once in a while, one of the horses would get spooked by something that happened. And the horse that I, it could be the horse that I was on. It could be somebody else's horse. And there tended to be a chain reaction too with horses. When one of them gets spooked, they all tend to get a bit spooked because they're herd animals and they, uh, you know, they communicate so clearly with one another and being part of the herd is what keeps them safe. So anyway, and so when a horse spooks, uh, it can do a number of things, sort of, you know, bucking with its back end. Um, their legs can get kind of stiff and they can do that sort of sideways bounce. Like you'll often see kittens do when they're feeling kind of frisky. Horses can do that too. They'll throw their head up and down. I mean, I'm sure you've seen uh, bucking bronco videos from rodeos and it what couldn't, you know, wouldn't necessarily be that dramatic, but it could be. Um, sometimes it would just be a little bit of a, um, you know, jumping up and down. Um, so initially when I was learning to ride, the reflexive action that I would take, that sort of automatic response that I would take to, if my horse was, um, spooking and jumping up and down, uh, would be to stiffen up. So it's frightening. You know, you're scary and there you are five feet off the ground and uh, this horse is kind of spazzing out and you don't have any control over it. 
and I could be six years old or whatever. And so, yeah, the, the, the kind of automatic response to that when that happens is to, is to get really stiff, you know, to brace yourself against what is happening. And I learned pretty quickly that that doesn't work. (laughs) So what happens is when I'm, I get really stiff in the saddle and, uh, you know, my back gets really stiff and my arms get stiff on the reins and my legs are kind of braced against what's happening. It's like then that two hard forces meet each other. And what automatically would happen was that I would just get bounced out of the saddle and land on my back or my head on the floor of the riding arena. So I learned that that didn't work. And I don't remember if someone instructed me to do this or if I just figured it out that the better response when a horse is having a little spooky moment is to actually get really soft. So the horse could be bouncing up and down, throwing its head around, kicking its back legs out, whatever it's doing. And it's counterintuitive, but the thing that worked better than bracing myself was to, like I say, get really soft. And what I mean by that is I would sit even deeper in the saddle and get really kind of marshmallowy. I don't know what word to use to describe it in my pelvic area, in my bum, in my thighs, and in my back, and almost melt into the saddle. And riders tend to call that sitting really deep in your seat. And what that would mean was that as the horse is jumping around and spazzing out, I would be kind of melted into the horse's back and would just ride the waves um, like like you would ride, you know, a wave on the ocean if you were on a surfboard or on a river or whatever it is. And like I say, that response, it was a learned response. You know, it's something that took time and practice. And of course, I don't remember Uh, how long it took me to figure this out or like I say if somebody explained it to me uh, and then it took some practice once it happened because when especially when you're a kid when a horse is having a little spooky moment it's scary you know that horse is really big and I wasn't very big and it's it, it takes a leap of faith uh, or it took a leap of faith in me, a, um, a willingness to try something different, to really do that, to sit really deep in my saddle, to not brace myself against what was happening. So I bring that up today because the question is, what if we weren't afraid of our cravings? And when it comes to an overeating habit and dealing with some cravings, the same is actually true. And here's what that looks like. What we're usually taught when we experience a craving for anything, it doesn't have to be food, but in our case, it probably is. (laughs) Uh, the, The natural response, the automatic innocent response to that craving 
is to brace yourself against it, to try to get away from it, to try to manage it, control it, um, tamp it down, and really get uh, kind of... (laughs) Um, pushing back against it, I guess is a good way to say that. And what I've found, what my experience has been since coming into this understanding has been that if instead I do the counterintuitive thing, if instead I don't brace myself against cravings, That has been what has started the process of clearing them up, of them falling away. And what that looks like is that when we tend to brace ourselves against a craving, innocently what's happening is we're adding a whole bunch of thinking to what's already there so the craving is trying to communicate something to us it's trying to let us know that we have a lot of insecure and sped up thinking not just about food but in general and then we brace ourselves against that craving and now we add a whole bunch more thought to what's already there in our heads so thinking like why is this happening? Why am I so, uh, why do I have so little willpower? Why can't I control myself more? Uh, this is going to make me really fat. I've already gained 10 pounds and I don't want to gain any more. So this craving is only going to make that situation worse. All, you know, I mean, you know, all that kind of thinking now gets layered on top of what was already there in the first place, what the craving was trying to alert us to in the first place. So resisting a craving, just like with the example from the horse riding stuff, actually makes the situation worse. And like I say, when I did that, when I was on the horse, I would automatically just get bounced out of the saddle and land on the dirt floor of the arena when it comes to cravings it becomes this vicious cycle because we're experiencing a lot of insecure sped up thinking the craving is trying to alert us to that then we add a whole bunch more thinking to it now the craving gets louder and stronger because again it's trying to alert us to all this thinking that's going on And we add more thinking to that and get more upset about what's happening and down on ourselves and, uh, yeah, being really critical and whatever it is, you know, the thoughts that you have about when you experience a craving. So that cycle is what we end up getting caught in. And I know I was caught in it for decades and it, it, and trying to, suppress those cravings, manage them, control them, make them go away, wasn't the thing that, uh, that worked. It, it didn't work. It, um, it just kept me caught in that cycle. And I will say too, that just like with the horse riding example, 
doing the counterintuitive thing of not bracing yourself against a craving takes a bit of a leap of faith. It's scary. We talked about courage last week on the Q&A episode. And it definitely takes some courage to, uh, to not have that kind of knee-jerk reaction to our cravings, especially given that culturally there are so many messages about how cravings are bad and wrong and how overeating is a problem and that it's something that we need to fix and change and all that stuff. So it does take courage to try to remember to relax and to notice the craving and to not add any more thinking to the situation than what is already there. Now, I don't know what it's going to look like if you try this approach. I and I don't have any recommendations really about what what specifically to do in order to uh to I don't want to say lean into the craving but um to not brace yourself against it. That experience of course is yours alone. And your wisdom will guide you about what that might look like, how it might feel within your body. But I will give you a quick example of uh, something that's going on with me right now um, and some cravings that I'm experiencing. So about, I don't know, a week ago or something, I felt some cravings rise up in me that had been gone for a very long time and again automatically my initial reaction was going to be to to panic <laughs> to um to push them away and do all those regular things and instead i remembered that i don't have to do that that i can sit deep in my saddle and really lean into what's going on and for me the craving has to do specifically with potatoes which are something that I tend to avoid lately because I think I've mentioned this before because I have arthritis in my knees and in in my in one of my index fingers and when I avoid potatoes and rice actually uh, that uh, inflammation really goes away and it's great and I don't have the same kind of pain and discomfort that I have when I eat them but lately my craving has been for potatoes and rice and so what I've been doing is noticing that and having those foods anyway, even though my finger is quite sore and my knees aren't aren't quite as supple as they have been. And yeah, what else does that look like? Just I'm really making a practice of not beating myself about what's going on, not being hard on myself about eating those foods, not judging my, you know, quote unquote progress or lack of progress, just letting the situation be what it is. And what I know for sure is that those cravings are wisdom and they are information 
And therefore, there will be an insight at some point about my true nature, our true nature. And it will then reduce the amount of thinking, uh, insecure thinking that I tend to walk around with. There will be a shift in my consciousness and that craving will drop away. And the thing not to do is to fight what's happening right now when I'm feeling those cravings, to brace myself against them. Because that just get that just makes the whole situation so much messier. Uh, if I get in there with my thinking and start beating myself up about potatoes and rice and uh, giving myself a really hard time and worrying about my weight and freaking out about my progress, quote unquote, um, that really, really muddies the waters of what the craving is trying to move me toward. Um, and so, yeah, so that's what's been going on with me lately in terms of cravings. And I thought that was, this was a really good, um, couple of things I wanted to share that story about relaxing into the saddle because I think it's just the perfect analogy when it comes to dealing with our cravings because particularly because it is counterintuitive it's not the thing that we automatically want to do and that doing that does take some courage so I hope that's been helpful for you if you have any follow-up questions about that if anything I've said hasn't made sense please let me know you can go to alexandraamore.com forward slash question and fill out the little form there and I'll be happy to answer your question on a future show. So that's it for today. I hope you are well and taking care and I will talk to you soon. Bye. Thank you for listening. I hope you found the show helpful and uplifting. You'll find all the backlist episodes and show notes at unbrokenpodcast.com. To learn more about how to resolve an overeating habit in a way that's unlike anything else you've tried, go to freedomfromovereating.com. Use the coupon code PODCAST at checkout to save 20% on this unique and comprehensive course. See you next time.